Well, we're here this morning. You know, we're, obviously we're in church, but you know, we're here celebrating the Christmas season. It's a good reminder. You know, not that just we have a, a day, but a season in which we remind ourselves of what Christ has done for us, how He gave up His exalted position uh, at the right hand of the Father, and it was born in the lowest place for us. But it was because the world needed something. We needed something. We needed a sacrifice to make us acceptable to God. You know, I'm, we're familiar with the thought of that that atonement, right? Because our sin and our nature made us unacceptable to God, displeasing to Him, unable to come into the presence of a holy God. So Jesus gave Himself as that sacrifice. And so he came as the perfect sacrifice, as the lamb. You know, not just to cover our sins. That's what's the wonderful thought. It, you know, he's, he, he can cover this, our sins so that we're acceptable to God, but he can also remove it. He can take it away. He can take it away from before God, from his memory. He can take it away from our memory. He can take it away from our nature. He can take it out of us. Praise God for that. And so he is the perfect sacrifice and it pleased the father to give his son in such a way so that we could come unto him but you know if there's one thing we see in scripture it's that god desires that we walk in his way and follow him i was just kind of struck by the words of i mean it's a christmas carol but it's a hymn you know and some of these hymns have pretty good doctrine i mean they're challenging. I was just thinking of Hark the Herald Angel Sing. Part of it says, um, Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Bruise in us, in me. It's only his sacrifice that does that. Adam's likeness now efface, right? Adam's nature that he gave us. Bring that down. But put your image, stamp your image in its place. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. You know, do that work in us that Christ did. Well, the part of that is that we have to walk in the same pathway that he walked for that image to be stamped in us. And so as Christ became a sacrifice, as we're remembering this season, one of the things we have to remember is that he's calling us to also be a sacrifice and to give pleasing sacrifices Unto our King. King David prayed these words in Psalm 19 and verse 14. He said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And so David's cry was, Lord, I don't just want to do the, what the law is requiring. I, I, can, I can make my sacrifice of a bull and a goat and so forth. But he's saying, but Lord, I want my thoughts to be acceptable to you. I want what I say to be acceptable. I want everything that is associated with my life to be pleasing unto you. That, that takes it to a new level, doesn't it? Because we know we can come to church and, and, in a sense, honor God on the Sabbath. But to say, Lord, all my thoughts, all my activities, all my energy, that's a different level of giving ourselves to God. But yet... We realize that's what it takes to have his 
image stamped in us so that we become like him. And so, you know, we want to pursue that goal of becoming a sacrifice, giving a pleasing sacrifice. Because in reality, when we're talking about giving him a sacrifice, we're saying, Lord, I'm giving you who I am and what I've done and what I've said. And I'm, I'm offering it before you and I'm hoping it's pleasing. That's kind of scary when you think about it, right? You can come to church and say, Lord, I'm lifting my hands. You're holy. Am I holy? What have I done? You know, sometimes we can forget, you know, sing really loudly on Sunday and forget what happened last Tuesday when someone said something we really didn't like. And so we, we gave them a piece of our mind and let them know we didn't like that. And, you know, or maybe we, whatever, fill in the blank for the things that was just kind of a reaction off the cuff. And then we, we come to the Lord Sunday and we say, okay, Lord, here you go. The Lord says, ooh, I don't know if I want that. But, you know, we realize that we're, we're still human and we have a long way to go. That's why we're so grateful for the blood of Christ, that he can cleanse us and wash us. But David's cry was, Lord, let everything in my life be pleasing to you. Then when I come into your presence and lift my hands, it's a pleasing sacrifice. That's our goal anyway. We also remember the words of the Apostle Paul. He's con- kind of concurring here with David. Where he's, Romans 12.1, I beseech you, brethren, I plead with you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, he didn't want them to just come as a routine, come to, to church or come to the service and say, okay, Lord, I'm doing my duty for the, for the week. Sometimes that's what it can come down to and we can, okay, back into the week where I can have fun. But I, I beseech you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So I want to look just for a few moments this morning at that concept of a sacrifice and giving our sacrifice to him, maybe some aspects of how we can do what's pleasing unto God. And, you know, there's that thought of, of the different sacrifices in the scripture we're going to look at. But, you know, even if we, we lived a perfect life, what good would it, would it be if we never offered it to God? We never presented it. And so it's that thought of making time to present ourselves unto the Lord. Now, we, we're all here doing that in one sense. But, you know, God is looking for more than, than just that. But our lives become a sacrifice and we present ourselves to him. We're going to look at David, how he presented himself daily to God. And so, and the Lord made a significant point in the Old Testament that it was, it was a continual sacrifice, a continual offering that he desired because it's a, it was a picture of a relationship. Right? The less you know, interaction you have in a relationship, the less of a relationship it is, right? The less you talk with someone, the less that relationship is. And so God is looking for us to present ourselves to him and he can speak to us. And one of those ways that we present ourselves to him, as I mentioned, the Old Testament is 
they offered the sacrifice of praise unto God, both in the form of a sacrifice on the altar, but in praising the Lord. And so there's that same thing that, that as New Testament priests, we can offer him a pleasing sacrifice of praise and of thanksgiving. And it's one he delights in. It's much better than having to slay a poor little goat or sheep or, you know, cow or something like that. And I think that pleases him much more. Of to lift up our voice and give him a, a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Psalm 27, verse 6. We quote David a lot here because he made this his life. Now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Now, if it just ended on sacrifices of joy, you'd think, okay, he's offering a, a cow or a goat or something as a sign of joy. But he doesn't say that. He says, I'll offer a sacrifice of joy in your tabernacle. I will sing. I will give myself. I will let a a sound ring out of joy from my lips unto my God. I will sing praises unto the Lord. You know, even in difficult situations, David knew, well, I'm going through it now, but God is going to be my deliverer. And even when he wasn't yet delivered, he was saying, I will yet sing. I'm going to praise you. That was his determination. Another Psalm, Psalm 69 there is he really in a difficult situation. I'm poor. I'm sorrowful. Now, that's, that's not an easy place. That's a difficult place to offer the sacrifice of praise, isn't it? When I'm poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. That's what he was looking towards, to God. I will praise the name of God with a song. I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. This shall please the Lord. Here's what we mentioned. This will please the Lord better than any ox or bullock that can be offered unto him on the altar. Now, how often do we find ourselves in situations where we feel poor and sorrowful? I think more than we would like, probably. But David said, when I'm in that situation, there's only one response. I will praise his name with a song. I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. And this will be more pleasing to God than any other substitute I can give. In fact, it's costly. Right? When, you're, when you're not feeling like that and you do it, the Lord realizes there was a cost involved when we turned our heart from our own selves and turned it unto God and sang praises unto him. Now, I realize singing, I'm not much of a singer in the sense uh, of that. But thank God, he's not talking about the quality of our voice. He's talking about the quality of our heart, of our response to him. You know, sometimes I just sing to myself. Or, you know, sometimes the song is internal. If it was external, you know, sometimes that could disrupt. But, uh, you know, our voice, it doesn't matter but he's looking for the cry of our heart, that we lift up our heart to him and say, oh Lord, you're worthy. Lord, thank you that you're my deliverer. I'm even in a place where I need a deliverer, so I'm going to thank you even more that you're a God who delivers. So in our difficulties, it's an opportunity 
to give something to the Lord that he treasures, the sacrifice of our praise. And it can have an effect on our lives and our spirits. You know, I don't think I'll ever forget the testimony of one pastor. He got the diagnosis that his daughter had cancer. And, you know, I mean, his daughter was very young at the time. And just thinking about her life, you know, how that was going to affect her and so forth. And he just came into service so heavy. And the song service was going, he's like, I can't even worship the Lord. I can't even enter in. And the Lord said, I want you to dance. Lord, I can't dance. How could I do that when I just got this notice about my daughter? But he started to, he realized, well, when God's speaking, I'm going to obey. So he just kind of started moving a little bit and just out of obedience, just started to rejoice in God. And he said, kind of midway, something changed and the heaviness fell off and the joy of the Lord came upon him. And he found himself just rejoicing before God with all his might. And it did something in him. And, you know, I just think there's such power in rejoicing. Now, it might not change instantly. Sometimes you wish it would, like that could be the easy solution. Well, okay, I'm just going to dance before the Lord. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we have to walk through right, the sorrow. But it's still the sacrifice. And it's powerful. Because that will always be the end of the story. doesn't matter how long it is before the the shackles come off and the heaviness lifts. But that is the end of the story if we set our heart to rejoice in the Lord. And so we talked about the sacrifice of praise. But, you know, there's a difference in worship. The sacrifice of worship. You know, we can, we can in praise, we're rejoicing in his power. We're declaring him mighty. But worship is a little bit different because worship, we're presenting ourselves to the Lord, our lives, as the sacrifice that we would be pleasing to him. Psalm 141 and verse 2 mentioned about David coming to the Lord daily. He says, Let my prayer be set forth before these as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And so we touched on this a bit before, but you know, David is saying, Lord, I realize that there's sacrifices are being offered in the in the natural out in the in the tabernacle, but I'm coming to offer mine. And the lifting of my hands is that sacrifice of worship unto you. Because I want to be the sacrifice that's pleasing. I want to give a pleasing sacrifice. I want my life to be pleasing. And so we want to do good in the sense of living well with the objective of presenting ourselves to God as a pleasing sacrifice. Then we can lift our hands to him. And what we're lifting is so pleasing. You know, we come here and we lift our hands to the Lord, but we don't want to limit that to to just a Sunday sacrifice, but we can lift our hands to him in prayer. You know, in our time in the morning or before we go to bed or whatever. But it's that idea of giving him the sacrifice of worship. Another sacrifice, and I don't, I don't know if it's actually mentioned in Scripture, but it, the concept is the sacrifice of reverence, of reverence. Today in our society, the focus is not on reverence, isn't it? In fact, it's, the focus is on the opposite, irreverent. The more irreverent you can be, 
the more well you're received in society in these days of viral videos and all that stuff. But, you know, Sarah and I have always remembered a prophecy given to us on our wedding day. And it was along the lines that we were to always walk in awe and reverence of the anointing and the presence of God. And, you know, that stayed with us. It's been almost 20 years now. But it's that thought of walking in awe and reverence of the presence of God. I pray we never lose that and that it only increases because it's so important. Because in, in today in society, we've kind of, we used to have more of a sense of reverence of even of natural things. I mean, you know, gentlemen used to stand when ladies went out of the room or come to the table or so forth. I mean, that seems like an era ago, but, uh, you know, people used to dress differently and act differently, but you know, that irreverence has come into our society, even the church to a degree, you know, that same reverence isn't there for his sanctuary, for his church and so forth. You know, because it's a place of holiness. It's a place where his presence dwells, where we offer the sacrifice to him. Now, someone once uh, asked me a question, kind of a provocative question. They're saying, well, what is a church? Isn't that church really just people? And well, in a sense, God dwells with his people. But yet when we had our church here, we dedicated it in holiness to the Lord. It's a place of holiness a place of reverence. And God is concerned with his people, but a church is the place where it's the holy place of his presence. It's a place where we come to revere him. And what we do there is recorded. Uh, I always remember that kind of striking story a pastor shared, how he was giving his closing uh, of his sermon and, and his eyes were open and he saw angels writing down the responses in people's hearts. In, the, in that holy place, you know? If someone was thinking about an unholy soccer game, well, I don't know what they play, what they're, like, where they, where they were, but, you know, whatever. They're thinking about something else. You know, their heart was somewhere else. It was recorded. You know, this is a holy place where he's come to meet with us. And that's one of the, the beautiful things about the, the privilege of coming to church is that he is here in our midst where two or three are gathered. Now, maybe his presence can come on the internet when people are gathered together, but I guarantee you it's not the same as when we're gathered in his in a holy place. He is in our midst. One more sacrifice, the sacrifice of obedience. Psalm 40 and verse 6, sacrifice and offerings you have not desired. My ear have you opened, burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. And we said earlier that the, the acts of our sacrifices represent a life, a life lived for God and worship and so forth. And, you know, we can consider the tabernacle of Moses, and we come to the altar, and we see how Christ fulfilled that. He became the sacrifice for us that was laid upon the altar, and our calling is to become a sacrifice of well, as well, That's, which is our reasonable service, as it says. But what does that mean? Well, it's like David, that God so works in our heart 
and so exchanges the desires of our heart and what we want to follow after. He changes our nature. He gives us a soft heart of flesh so that we delight to do his will. I don't like it when it's a battle to do his will. That That's terrible. And, I, you know, sometimes when it's a battle, Lord, change this. I don't want this to be a battle. I want it to be a delight. That's what David said. Lord, I delight to do your will. But, you know, he longs to bring us to that place where doing his pleasure, doing his will is a pleasure, is a delight to us. Now, we realize that some things have to change. And there's yielding and there's following him and obeying him in certain areas, taking steps of faith and so forth. But I so long to be in that place where there's only a delight. Oh, doing his will? Count me in. I long for that. God wants to bring us there. And so David wasn't just a man who learned to love, to praise and worship the Lord. I mean, you know, I think we can all say we love to praise and worship the Lord. But what set him apart is he learned to love the will of God above all else. And that's where God desires to bring us as well. And when we come to him with a heart that delights to do what he wants us to do, oh, it will be a pleasing sacrifice. It'll be the sacrifice of obedience, the sacrifice of a, of a life that is that living sacrifice because a great change has taken place, an exchange and a transformation. I'll close with one more verse. It's one of my favorite verses in Scripture because it's encouraging. Philippians 2 and verse 13 For it is God who works in us both the will and the ability to do his good pleasure. Praise God for that. He doesn't just give us the ability to do what's right. He gives us the willingness, the desire to please him. And when you desire it, it sure is a lot easier to do it. (laughs) Duh, right? <laughs> when you want to do something, it sure time go, sure does fly a lot faster than when you don't want to do something. God wants us. You know, he doesn't want it, us to just toss, okay, Lord, here you go. Here's your sacrifice for the week. But when we come and say, Lord, I delight to do your will, it just brings such pleasure to his heart. And so as we're celebrating the Christmas season, let's seek to follow in the pathway of our Savior who became a sacrifice for us, the living sacrifice. Remembering that we're called to have his image stamped upon us. We're called to walk in that same pathway to be that sacrifice. And of course, it starts in practical ways, giving him the sacrifice of our praise and of our worship, lifting our hands and worship, lifting a, living a life that's of reverence unto him, all with coming to that goal of being those who delight to do the will of God. Father, we just thank you for giving your son for us as that wonderful sacrifice. Lord, we're so grateful that we have the privilege of, of being washed by the blood of the lamb and, Lord, allowing your word to work 
so mightily within us. And so, Lord, we ask today that you would, Lord, work within us, that we would be a pleasing sacrifice unto you. Lord, even just turn our hearts, Lord, to give you praise and, and worship that you are so worthy of. And that, Lord, you'd work within us. Lord, bring about that transformation. Lord, that our hearts would delight to do your will. Lord, that there would be no other desire that would come close. Oh, Lord, we just present ourselves and ask that you would work within us. Lord, and we give you our hearts that we would be pleasing unto you. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.